I wanted to say something even before I got into my notes this morning. Uh, this is about as current events or political as I will get, but I wanted to make a couple comments just about uh, the Me Too movement, the sexual harassment allegations, the Supreme Court fight, the Bill Cosby trial, whatever it is that, that's been in that er- arena of news. Uh, I have discovered that you are not going to be able to convince anybody one way or the other. This happened, that happened. But I do know this as Christians. This is, this is what the Lord stirred with me. I'm watching all this news, seeing these people argue. He said this, she said that. They did this, they could prove this. And nobody was able to prove anything to convince the other side. There's still this division. And I thought, here's what we can do as Christians. What we can do is we can step into the middle of that situation where people really have been abused, where there have been tragic things that happened in their lives, where they are assault survivors. And as Christians, we can step into that situation and say, you know what? I'm sorry that happened to you, but I know somebody that can set you free from the pain and the anger that you're feeling, that can deal with your past, that can deal with those wounds. That's our job as Christians. My job is not to argue somebody of you should accept this nominee or don't accept them or argue against their four policies, but I do know that I can carry the love, the compassion, and the healing power of Jesus into the middle of those situations, and that's our call. And you can still, like, don't be quiet and feel like, oh, I can never express an opinion one way or the other on politics, but do keep the priorities the priorities. We are called to be carriers of the presence and the love of Jesus to bring his healing power to people that really need it, people that have been in tragic situations that have such a deep hurt and a deep pain in their lives that they don't know what to do with it. And we know somebody that can deal with it, that can come and bring healing and love and compassion in their lives. So that's that's my politic commercial for the year. Uh, can you say amen to that? All right, thank you. We're, we're in the right place then. We are carriers of Jesus, not carriers of a political banner. So uh, thank you for, for being with me on that. Um, great. Thank you for, on that note, we're going to pray and get started. Lord, thanks for your presence in this place this morning. Th- remind us, God, every situation that we go in, remind us that we are carriers of your presence and that you have the ability to do things in people's hearts and lives that we could never produce in our own strength. We can never argue them into it, but one touch from you can change a life forever. And uh, Lord, speak to us through your word this morning. Just continue to encourage and strengthen our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We started a new series last week called iChurch, and uh, we were saying that everybody these days has a cell phone. How many of you actually have your phone with you in church? All right, and how many of you remember to silence your phone before we started? That's always an exciting one. We'll get somebody gets a call during service. But phones aren't just phones anymore, we said last week. Uh, In fact, most surveys that you see, it's like fifth or sixth down the list of what people actually use their phone for is to make calls. They're not just phones anymore. Most people have smartphones, and I don't know if calling them a smartphone, does that mean the old phones are dumb phones? Anyway, uh, there's no commentary whatsoever on the user of the phone. It's just the phone itself is smart or not smart. So uh, the average user of a cell phone today has almost 30 to 60 apps installed on their phone. And they use about nine of them every day. And it said, I saw a survey that was just from 2017, said the average cell phone user spends over two hours a day, between two and two and a half hours a day, using the apps on their phones. 
And the TV industry is very nervous because you're starting to infringe on the time they were trying to grab because they, they wanted you to watch six or eight hours of TV every night and now cell phones are cutting into it. But the average user, over two and a half hours a day just using the apps on their phones, let alone making phone calls or doing other things. So I made the claim last week that the church, if we were doing this right, the church should be able to do anything that your phone can do. The things that you use your phone for, the things that society uses their phone for, the church should be able to do it. And I'm going to go a step further and even say the church should be able to do it better. The things that we're using our phones for, the church should be able to use it better. Come on, I've heard people say, I could never live without my phone. How many of you have heard somebody say that? That's, that's obvious hyperbole, right? If you take their phone away from them, they're not going to keel over dead right there on the spot. They, they say, I can't live without my phone, but they mean it's really important. I, I, they have like a chain. I'm going to see, start, we should market this. Somebody write this down and we'll market it. You could have a bracelet with a chain to their phone. So it really shows what's going on. Some people say they can't live without their phone. And I think... Because we place such a high value on Jesus and his body, there ought to be things in the church that we do them in such a way that people say, I could never live without this. Come on, think about our priorities in society for a second, where people would say, I can't live without this, but they're not saying it about what we're doing in church and what we're doing with Jesus. There ought to be something that the church does that we do it better than this, that people say, I could never live without that. And uh, last week, we said the main reason that people use their phones is to stay connected. Whether it's messaging, email, social media, they want to stay connected. And uh, that is a basic human need. People long to be connected, and technology has helped them do that to some degree. But the church actually does it better. We connect people to Jesus and to his people, and there's far more benefits in that. And this week, I want to start out by asking a question. Who has ever gotten lost? Can I just see a hand? I'm not the only one. Man, almost everybody in the room, at some point in time, you've been trying to get somewhere and you've gotten lost. And there are a lot of bad things that go along with being lost, aren't there? You, you get this feeling of helplessness, this anxiety, I'm wasting time, like I don't know where I'm going. I will say there is one thing that cell phones have helped me with more than any other thing. Since we got a cell phone that had a, a way to find maps on it, Pam and I have never argued one time about why I won't stop and ask for directions. Come on. I still remember a pre-cell phone world where we're driving down the road and Pam's looking at me like, you don't know where you are, do you? Yes, yes, it's, it's looking familiar to me. It's, hey, there's a guy in his yard right there. You want to stop? I'm like, no, I know, I know we're going to be where we need to be. And then it would go, how many of you know how this conversation goes? And then the next spot is, hey, you pull over and I'll, do, I'll roll down the window and ask him. I'll, like Pam's telling me, I'll get out and do it. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. Since we got a cell phone, none of those arguments anymore. It's, it's an amazing thing what it's cleared up. Although now the conversation has shifted to we're driving around and Pam will see me like trying to pull my phone out to pull up the map app. And she'll say, do you need me to look something up for you? Come on, is this, uh, this is only my household or this happens in other cars? And I'm trying to hold it. She's like, do you want me to hold the phone? I'll hold the phone and pull it up for you. I'm like, no, I've got this. It's, it's eliminated one argument. It's created other things, I guess. But we've gotten lost sometimes. And there are a lot of people that are lost in the world today. 
and they're feeling that feeling of I'm, I'm wandering aimlessly. I don't have direction in my life. I'm wasting my time. What's going on in my life? And I will tell you, just as much as we rely on that phone to get us places nowadays, the church has the ability to give people direction. Come on, think of all the lost people out there and, and what the church has to offer, the body of Christ that connects people with Jesus. We have the ability to give them direction more than any app you could ever pull up on your phone. How many of you actually have a map app on your phone that talks to you? That's, that's the point, I guess. You're supposed to use it without your hands, but I, I like looking at the map to see where I'm going. Um, what kind of voice does your app have? Does it have a female voice? Like, I think they did that because it's, it's just transition, comfortable transition. I've been hearing a woman try to give me directions for my entire life. So they just said, oh, we'll make it a female voice. <laughs> yeah. How, how many of you have a voice with a British accent? Yeah, I, I see one or two. You have to be careful with that because if you listen to the one with the British accent, you start driving on the wrong side of the road. So, so don't do that too much. And, and I've heard our son-in-law, he even has a, a map app that has like an auto-tune boy band voice on it. Turn left at the next right. Like, they do these things so that you can hear what's going on, so that you don't need to look at it. You can just get your directions turn by turn. And the benefit is the voice takes the destination where you're headed towards, and it gives you step-by-step turns. So you don't have to memorize the whole route. I don't have to have the atlas out and looking at my line on the map where I'm going, all those different things. It tells you turn by turn directions where you're going to go. And I think it's very similar. It even, I forgot about that one. It even recalculates when you take a wrong turn. How many of you remember that one? The the old school GPS is that every couple seconds, recalculating, recalculating. I'm like, I just turned into McDonald's to get a coffee. You know, I know I'm off the route right now, and it's still telling me she's recalculating it. But it even factors in your wrong decisions and your wrong turns to get to where you're going. And I thought, how much is that like what Jesus offers us when he gives us direction in our lives? And, and I think it's pretty amazing. He may tell you the overall end goal of where you're going in your life. Like, like corporately for everybody, I think one of the destinations he gives us is you're all going to end up looking exactly like Jesus. Come on, that, that is the end goal that he has for us. But he never, I've, at least I find this, he never shows you the entire route and every single stop that it's going to make. He gives you turn by turn directions. He tells you this is the next step. Why does he do that? I, I, sometimes I wish he would just chart out, here's the next 40 years. This is every decision you're going to have to make. I think he doesn't do that because, number one, we'd get freaked out about seeing the whole thing and trying to figure it out and plan it ourselves. And, and number two, I think it, it teaches us to rely on him. Lord, I, I can't even plan what I'm going to wear tomorrow. But you know the end from the beginning. You have my purpose and destiny called out. And you know the next step that I need to take. And when we stay in a place of relying on him for the next step, it's just like following that GPS, only better. Because it's not just turns of where to go in your car, it's what's happening in your life and where he wants to lead you. And there may be other things individually. He may give you the end result. He may say, hey, you're called to be a prophet. You're called to be a business person. Hey, you're, you're called to just be a, a wonderful, kind, loving neighbor to the person who's next door to you. I don't know, there's some, a bunch of things he tells us individually But then he doesn't give us the whole thing mapped out. He gives us turn-by-turn directions. And he even does recalculate when we make a bad decision. Come on, how many of you have ever taken a wrong turn in your life that you just, you knew when you did it? 
like, this is not what God had planned for me. I shouldn't have done this. This was the complete wrong term. And he's so awesome that he'll even take those things and use them to get you to where he wants you to be. He's an amazing God. More, it just, that blows my mind that in a piece of technology that yells at you and says, I'm recalculating now, it's giving us an example of exactly what God is able to do with our lives. I can take that wrong turn you just made and factor it in and get you where I want you to be. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for doing that in our lives. So it's very similar. The GPS, the directions, the apps on your phone, the maps, very similar to how it's supposed to work in church and the direction we can give people. And so how does the church give direction to people better than what you could get off of your phone? And I think there's, there's two reasons that work so well why we have an advantage over the app on your phone. Number one, we know and proclaim that Jesus has a plan for every person's life. Come on, how many of you know that that is a truth? Man, how many of us act like that's true all the time? Man, but it is true. He really does know each and every one of us, and he has a plan that he's working for our lives. And we get to proclaim that as the church, the body of Christ, to a world that's looking for direction. Every empty seat that's in here is because somebody out there is still lost and looking for direction in their lives. Come on, can we keep that as, as a priority in our mind? Like, oh, there's an empty seat here. That means there's somebody out there that is a priority to God, even probably more than the ones of us that are gathered in this room this morning. Oh, but he knows each and every one of us. And you're not going to hear that on the six o'clock news. You're not going to see that on your news app on your phone. Somebody standing up and proclaiming that Jesus has a plan for your life. But here in the church to a world that's looking for direction, to a world full of lost and aimless people, we get to stand up with that message and say, Jesus knows you and he has something for you. And then I think, why is that relevant to direction? Because the church helps people hear the voice of Jesus. Come on, just like that that map app talks to you and says, hey, turn right at the next intersection. The church helps people hear the voice of Jesus when he's speaking to them. This is the next step in your life. Here's the next thing I want you to do to get you to where you're going. And uh, notice I didn't say that the church tells you what God's plan is. Come on, kids. How many of you have ever been in or seen a context where the main guy at, a, at an organization, this is how cults start. The main guy says, I'm going to tell you what God's plan is for your life. That's a very dangerous thing when you're relying on somebody else to tell you what God's saying for your life. And the responsibility of the church is actually to help us as individuals hear God for ourselves. Come on, how many of you know that's true? And, and I've, I've seen so many people get off track where they, they start relying on somebody else. You tell me what God's saying for my life and it cripples them. And it causes, the, it puts them in a position where they get manipulated, they get taken advantage of. But the main goal, genuine leaders of the church and people who love the body of Christ, their goal is for people to come to a place where they can hear God's voice for themselves and get direction for their life. Now, I do believe there's, we'll talk about this in just a second, there's safety in being here where you can ask people like, hey, this is what I think God's telling me to do, and you can bounce it off of other Christians that know Jesus, and they, they may tell you, wow, that doesn't really sound like something God would say, or, the, or they may say, man, that, that, there's a big risk there, but that sounds exactly like what Jesus would do. There's safety in there, but that starts with, I've heard God for myself, and this is what I think he's saying to me. 
And the church's job, what we do well, is we help people connect with his voice so that they can hear his plan. Uh, Proverbs 20, 24 in the message says, the very steps we take come from God. Otherwise, how would we know where we're going? We need to hear his voice. He gives us those turn-by-turn directions, the next step for our lives. And here's just a couple quick thoughts on ways that the church helps us hear God's voice and gets direction in our life. And the obvious one, I think, if you go to any church around town, they'll tell you the number one way that you hear God's voice is through God's word. Come on, there's, there's a reason the Bible is called God's word, because he's actually speaking to us. This, this is his message to us to say, here is a revelation of me. This is who I am. This is what I want you to live by. It is called God's word for a reason, because he speaks to us through it. And amazingly, as, as we read this book to find out about him, to see his nature and his character, what happens when I read this book is not only do I find him, but I, get, I begin to find myself what I'm supposed to look like in his plans and purposes for my life. I, I go into it with a thought of, God, I want to know you. I want to experience you. I want to see who you are. And all of a sudden, when I read it, I begin to find out who he wants me to be. That's, it's an amazing book, and it's his word to us. In uh, Psalm 119, 105, in the Passion, says, Truth's shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. Come on, God's word will actually illuminate the next turn. Just the same way your map app would say, turn right at the next intersection, God's word can give us direction for our life. Even though your name might not specifically be in there. I've, I've read this book cover to cover. I've not seen Chris Mays anywhere in the book. I've, I've not seen Joe Clark in there anywhere. But I know when I read it, he will speak to me. Things will come alive off of this page to me. I, I had a friend one time... He had just gotten saved. He had come to the church, and he was having struggles at home. And new, new Christian guy, and he's like, oh, these struggles at home are so bad. Uh, you know, I'm just going to go see the judge. We're going to get divorced. It'll be easier for everybody. He's literally reading in the Bible one day and flipped open to Malachi and read the verse that said, God hates divorce. And it like popped off, like as a new Christian, being unsaved, that had never occurred to him that that wasn't a viable option. For, for how life is supposed to go. And when he read that, God spoke to him. And he was like, I'm not supposed to do what I'm thinking about. Like, I, like, and there wasn't anything terrible. They weren't abusing each other. There wasn't all, the cops weren't called every day. They just weren't getting along. And as a new Christian, he read that verse and it came alive to him and jumped off the page. And he went home and told his wife, you know, we, we need to work on this. Our, our marriage is valuable and important and I think we should stay together. I've, you know, we, we could have story after story. We could probably go around this room and come up with, hey, there are times when I was reading a verse and it came off the page. Maybe, maybe you were thinking about, oh, man, we saw this great thing in the catalog and we wanted to buy it or we drove past the store and we wanted to get it. And then I went home and I was reading Hebrews 13 and it said, be content with what you have. Come on, how many of you know there's, there's not coincidences in God's kingdom? Like, like you're contemplating this huge decision, then you just happen to read Hebrews and it says, be content with what you have. And you're like, oh, Honey, maybe we're not supposed to buy that right now. Come on, there are ways that the word of God will come alive to us off of this page and speak to our hearts and it gives us direction for what's the next step. We, we love and value the Bible here at New Life Fellowship. And as we continue to do that, God uses it to give people direction in their lives. If, if you have not ever experienced that, I would encourage you, especially if you're contemplating some big decision in your life, pray and then start reading and ask God, speak to me through your word, Lord. Woo. 
He's speaking something to us right now. God, let your power be evident in my life and not, uh, not disappear. We've, we've got all these little buttons in the back for the lights, and sometimes they get pushed. Um, so obviously the number one thing is, is we talk about the Word of God being the way that we get direction in our lives and we connect to Him. How many of you know there's, there's more ways to hear God's voice than even just the Bible? I, I got at least three amens, and the rest of you are like, oh, is, is what? Tell them, pray tell, tell me more. Um, the second way is I think there's, there's a whole bunch of them, but I'm just giving you a couple here of how we connect and get direction. How many of you know the Holy Spirit will still speak to us directly? He, he will actually speak to us. We believe that God is alive. If you believe that God is alive and you don't think he still speaks today, then there's something messed up with that. Like, like if people are dead, they don't talk to you. Right? If, if you're not saying right to that one, we got other issues we need to talk about. If, if people are dead, they don't talk to you. But it's just common sense. It's normal. Like, hey, Eddie is alive. I expect to be able to have a conversation with Eddie because he's alive. He's breathing. He has thoughts going on his head. Stuff, his mouth works. Stuff comes out. If you believe God is alive, it should follow that I believe he still speaks to me today. Come on, and I think, I think that gets a bad rap in the world because crazy people do crazy things and then try to say it was God that told them to do that. I, I will guarantee you that the crazy, ungodly things that you're seeing people in the news do and they're trying to blame it on God, that wasn't God that spoke to them. And I think part of our job, part of our responsibility is we get to be the representatives to the world that say, you know what, God still speaks today and it's not weird, it's not crazy, it actually causes good things to happen in my life. The Holy Spirit still speaks directly to us, but I will give you this commercial. Knowing the Bible is a prerequisite to accurately recognizing the Holy Spirit's voice. If you're thinking, oh, I just want to hear the Holy Spirit talk to me, and you've never read this book, that's dangerous. We have to know this book, and it helps us to recognize what he's saying in our lives. If you don't know what kind of things he would say to you, you'll have a hard time recognizing his voice when he says them. I'm pretty familiar with Pam's voice. After 24 years of being married, I'm pretty familiar with what her voice sounds like, although it is helpful when it pops up on the phone and says, Pam. Even if it popped up on my phone and said, Pam, and I answered it and it sounded like Pam's voice, if she started saying, I really hate our kids. I, I hope that bad things happen to them and that we never see them again. How many of you, I would start questioning, that's not Pam's voice. Come on, it, 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 had, it said it was Pam and it sounded like her voice, like because I'm familiar with it, but by the things that she started saying, I began to recognize, hey, what have you done with my wife? This, this isn't Pam saying these things. And if, if you don't know what's in this book, you'll have a hard time recognizing what it actually is that the Holy Spirit's saying to you. That, that is part of the prerequisite of hearing his voice, is we have to know what kind of things he would say to begin with. And he will say things that may not be word for word in here anywhere. Just like I said, my, my name's not in these pages anywhere, but he still speaks to me through it. He may say things that aren't explicitly 100% in this book, but it will never violate any principle that's in this book of who he is. And when he speaks, sometimes we, we wonder, what does, what does his voice sound like? 
Like, what, what does your voice sound like, God, when, you're, when pastor's up there saying God speaks directly to you? Here's what I want you to do. Close your eyes for a second and think in your mind, what does your voice sound like? All right, so everybody just ask that, that question in your head. That voice that you heard in your head asking that question is actually very similar. That's what his voice sounds like in your head when he speaks to you. Come on, that, that, that voice that we have in our head that I, I just heard the phrase, what do you sound like? That's kind of what he sounds like. Because the way he, the way he most commonly, come on, there, I've, you could have a miraculous experience where you hear the audible voice. Maybe you're like Saul getting c- converted to Paul. You were riding along on your horse. You got knocked off. You saw the bright light and you heard a voice. Most people, when God still speaks to them today, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, He's, he's putting thoughts and prompts in our head. He's giving us just an internal feeling. And it sounds very similar to the thoughts that you would think in your head. But because I know this book and I have the Holy Spirit living in me, there's times I recognize that wasn't just my own thought. How many of you know what I'm talking about and you've had that experience? God spoke to you and you knew, man, that, that sounded like the voice I normally hear, but it, it was not me. And that's how God speaks to us today, is he'll still speak those things to our hearts. So that's kind of what it sounds like. So don't get freaked out thinking, how could I ever hear God? Because, you know, I close my eyes and I don't hear the big boomy voice telling me to do things. He speaks just the way that you would hear your own thoughts coming. But there is a difference. And it it always lines up with this book and it always brings peace to our hearts. Uh, And don't be surprised. I just put a couple verses here. Don't be shocked or surprised if he actually gives you directions. Just, just like we're talking about the phone giving you turn-by-turn directions, don't be surprised if the Holy Spirit shows up and actually tells you a direction. Uh, in uh, Acts chapter 8, there, there was a time Philip was walking along the road, and he saw an Ethiopian guy up in a chariot standing there, and it says this in Acts eight twenty nine: the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Come on, actual directions. Go stand by that car over there and wait. Come on, how many of you know when Philip heard that, that wasn't a verse that Philip had memorized. That wasn't anywhere in the Old Testament or the prophets that Philip was reading and says, oh, this verse says, go stand by that chariot and wait. Oh, God, that verse just came alive to me off that page. There's a chariot. The Holy Spirit just came and said, Philip, see that chariot over there. Go stand next to it. Philip recognized God's voice in his life. He went and stood by the chariot. He, he got to share the gospel with somebody from Ethiopia who, went, who got saved, got baptized there, and carried the gospel back to his home country. Just from being obedient to, I heard God's voice, and it actually sounded like directions. I also don't think, I think we need to just obey what he tells us, that next step. But then he leaves some of it up to us. Think about that story right there with Philip. All he heard from the Holy Spirit was, go stand by that chariot. God didn't say, the guy's going to tell you, come up in the chariot and read Isaiah with me, and then this is how you're supposed to share the gospel with him. He just made himself available, and then because he was a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit, living a Christian life, and being available, when the guy said, hey, I'm reading this, oh, would you like to know what that's about? Philip took some initiative after he had heard the voice of God and been obedient. There was still a part he had to play to say, let me tell you who you're reading about. And the gospel went to a part of the world that it had never been before because of Philip's obedience and availability. And then there was another time, don't be surprised if it's actual directions. Uh, Peter 
was, was praying about, Lord, you know, what are you doing in the world today? I'm up here, I'm worshiping you, I'm meditating. He sees this vision of a sheet and all these unclean animals. And he realized God's speaking to me. And it says this in Acts 11. It, when they came and knocked on the door, Acts chapter 11, 12 says, The Spirit told me, have no hesitation about going with them. Come on, another time, Holy Spirit gives actual directions. Hey, when those guys knock on the door, just say yes. Just go with them. And he didn't give Peter a lot of other direction. He didn't say, you're going to go to their house. This is what's going to happen. Peter just went. Hey, the Holy Spirit told me, have no hesitation. What happened? Because of his obedience and his availability, the door was open for the gospel to go to the Gentiles. We're here in this room today because Peter heard the Holy Spirit speaking directly to him and said, have no hesitation about going with them. Come on, if, if he hadn't been obedient and available and heard Jesus speaking to him by the Holy Spirit, none of the Gentiles would have been evangelized and would be an all-Jewish church and we wouldn't be in this room today. Come on, we have no idea the power and the far-reaching impact of actually being aware of and listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then just being obedient and not being surprised if it's actual directions. Lord, the same way that I'm waiting for this to tell me, where do I turn next? I want to hear your voice telling me what's the next step in my life. And don't be surprised sometimes if he tells you not to do something. I, I wish that actually happened with my GPS. I, I wish when I'm getting ready to turn that the, the voice would start saying, don't turn there, there's traffic, there's going to be an accident. Like, I wish that would actually happen. But the Holy Spirit is so smart, sometimes he will actually tell you, don't turn there before you get to the fork in the road where you're trying to make a decision. There, there was a time in Acts chapter 16, uh, Paul was traveling around with his friends. It says, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. He actually said, don't turn there. That's not the way we want to go right now. Don't be surprised when the Holy Spirit comes and interrupts our plans. When I think, oh, I had this all laid out. I was going to go do this. Maybe, maybe your plan, you had some life plan of, hey, I'm going to go to college for four years. Then I'm going to get this internship. And then I'm going to do that. And the Holy Spirit comes along and says, hey, instead of that, I'd like you to do this right now. Don't, don't be surprised and be willing to hear him saying that. To come in and interrupt our plans to say, I'd like you to do this today instead. I don't know. There, there may be times, it may be something as practical as, man, I was going to go to Walmart and Robinson and shop today, but I don't know why. I just had this impression that I needed to go to Bridgeville to go to Aldi's. Like, I don't know, but if you hear that and you think you're feeling that, be open when you go to Aldi's to say, Lord, I'm going to be on the lookout. Who's here that you wanted me to be here for? Come on, there, there should be things happening like that in our lives. I don't know where Philip was headed when Jesus told him, go stand by that chariot. Like, I don't know what plans got interrupted, but when we're available and we hear the Holy Spirit changing our plan that we had laid out, that's a clue, be on the lookout for what he wants to do instead. Man. <laughs> It goes on, they, they passed, they didn't go into Bithynia, and during the night, because he was obedient, it says later in that chapter that Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia begging him, come over and minister to us. And then in the next verse, in verse 10 of that chapter, it says, after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. 
Come on, it, it sounds so, it sounds so, such a big deal and so religious, but it really was like Paul had a dream, saw this guy in Macedonia, and we concluded. <laughs> like we were great men of faith and prayer, like really seeking God. Paul has this vision, and, and we're like, oh, that was God. We should go there and share the gospel with them. Sometimes we really need to make it a little bit more simpler in what happens in our day-to-day lives and how we interact with the Holy Spirit. God's, when, you're, when you get a no, so, so they, they said, okay, we're not supposed to go here. They were expecting and looking for, Jesus, where are you going to say that you want us to do? And that's where we should be, because God's plan is never sit on your hands and do nothing. Come on, wait is different than do nothing. How, how many of you have ever heard God say wait? When you, when you hear wait from God, that means God's saying, keep your eyes on me for what's going to happen next. That doesn't mean sit around and do nothing and be like, oh, I guess that door's closed. We'll just... It means pay attention to what he's wanting to do. He'll always tell us the next step if we're actively waiting and paying attention to him. So those are some things uh, God speaks through his word. He speaks through the Holy Spirit directly to us. And one more before we go today. This is the last one we're going to share. God speaks to us through others. How many of you have ever had that experience? He, God's voice often comes out of human mouths. Uh, that, if you get a hold of that today, that will do more for your Christian life. Because we get in this weird thing where we're so proud, like, I know God. And I, want to, I can hear God for myself. How many of you know, yes, that's an absolute truth. You can hear God for yourself. But how many of you know God often speaks through other people? And sometimes, uh, oh, this, this is me. I don't know if you've ever had this experience in your life, but I have had this experience where I have to deal with my pride because I'm hearing the voice of the Lord through my wife or my kids or some unexpected source that I'm like, I'm thinking, God, how could you ever use them to talk to me? And it's like you have this moment where it just hits you in the face. You're in the middle of a conversation and and something just clicks in you like, God, that was you talking, wasn't it? Like it was so unexpected that that message from you just came out of that mouth that I'm having a hard time processing it. But we need to be aware God will speak through other people to us. Come on. And don't, please don't be so stubborn that he has to talk through the donkey to get your attention. Come on. There, there are a whole bunch of people and ways in this world. Like I, like, I don't know what that would translate today in today's society. Do I, if I get in my car and I turn on and, and instead of the, the radio playing the station, the car starts to talk to me. Why did you drive me so hard last week? Like, I, I don't know what it would sound like, but be aware that God can speak through other people to us. And the church helps give direction because it puts us in relationship with other people who hear God's voice also. And there are times, there may be times when you're like, man, I haven't heard anything. Will you pray with me and tell me if you hear something? Come on, there, there could be simple things, but practical of why God's placed us in this room together so that we could get direction from him. And that, sometimes that really is hard to sort out. Please you know, if somebody asks you to pray or if you think, hey, I'm hearing God, don't go around saying, Joanna, God told me that you should do this. Please don't do that or I might get unchristian and tackle you to the ground. I, 
There's, there's just too much room for error and manipulation when we start trying to proclaim that we're the voice of God. I would much rather hear us going around saying, hey, you know, Nick, I was praying for you, and I felt like God was saying this, or I felt like he might have been asking me to tell you this. That's a lot better way to present it to somebody than going in trying to say, God told me you need to do this. Because I've been around churches long enough, I've heard stories. Hey, God told me you're supposed to marry me. Come on, true stories that actually happen in the church. And you know what? God told that guy he was going to marry her. That's what he said, but he never told that girl that. Don't you think God would know enough of what's going on that he would tell both of them if that really was him? There's just, there's just weird things that happen when we go around prefacing things with God said you need to do this. But if we say, man, I hear God's voice and this is what I think he's saying for your situation. Even better if they asked you to pray about it and you come back and say, hey, I was praying about your situation. This is what I think God's saying. And it's still up to that person to say, hey, thank you for telling me that. I'll, I'll pray about it myself and see if God gives me confirmation. If, if it really is God's voice, you'll have peace in your heart. The, the circumstances will start to line up. It won't violate anything that's in this book. You'll, you'll know it's his voice when you hear it through somebody else. But we have to be aware that, yeah, he speaks to me directly, but he also uses the people around me to do that. So better, better, better than any cell phone or app could ever do it. The church can give us direction because it connects us with Jesus and helps us hear his voice. Uh, let's go ahead and stand in this place today. I want to give you a couple action points today, but first, uh, if, if you've never met Jesus or asked him to come and have a relationship with you, that, that is your next step. That, that is the next thing that you should do in your life is say, Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life. I believe that what you did on the cross was for me and you want to give me your life. And he will do that. Uh, if that's you today, please come up and see me afterwards. We'd be happy to pray with you and help introduce you with G- to Jesus. And if you're in this room and you're already a Christian, you've had a relationship with him, this is, this is your homework this week. This is the action that I'd like you to do. Ask God to give you a next step. I, I don't know what it may be, whatever you're praying about, whatever. Maybe it's been a really long time since we ever asked Jesus to hear his voice in our life and give us some direction. But that's our homework this week. Just one, just ask him for one. You don't have to ask him for the whole map. You don't have to ask him, show me the end of what's going to happen. Just say, Jesus, will you give me a next step? Give me something tangible that I need to do this week. That, that I, whether it's, it's sharing you with somebody next to me, whether it's... I don't know what it may be for your life. Hey, I'm switching jobs. I'm doing this or that. Ask him just for a next step in your life this week. And then uh, if you're even willing to, uh, when he tells you that next step, tell somebody else here. Just let them know this is what I think my next step is. What will that do? That'll help them know how to pray with you and for you. And that will give you a little bit of accountability. Of I, I did my homework. I think I'm hearing this from God. Will you ask me later if I actually did what he told me to do? That's, that's part of why we're here together in the body of Christ and his family. And, and I believe if we ask him, he is faithful to talk to us. So he will give you a next step if you ask him. And uh, gosh, that is your homework. But I'm, I'm still on this thing of thinking about the people that are lost in the world. If you know somebody that's lost in the world and they, they're aimless in their life and they need direction, tell them there's a place they can find it. Tell them that you know someone that can give them direction for their life. Man, let's pray this morning. Father, 
We thank you for meeting with us this morning. We thank you for your presence in this place by the power of your spirit. God, we ask that you would remind us of the things that you've spoken to us today. Lord, that we wouldn't just be hearers of your word, but we would be doers also. And God, as as we leave this place today, I ask that you would speak in response to us asking you to give us a next step. Lord, that as we turn our attention, our hearts, our affection towards you, you're always there. And you're always ready to speak and and give us direction for our lives. So, Lord, I ask that as, as we do that this week, that we would pay attention and that we would be listening to you to hear what you have to say, whether you're speaking directly to us or, or we see it in your word and it comes alive or you, you speak it through somebody else's mouth in a conversation. Let us be attentive to hear your voice and to do what you're asking us to do. Lord, we ask that as we go from this place, you would remind us that we carry your presence. Even as we sang about this morning, every heart in here is holy ground that we carry you into a hurt and a dying world, a lonely world, and we have you with us as the answer in every situation. Lord, encourage us, strengthen us to do what you've asked us to do so that your name would be made famous through our lives. We just give you honor in this place this morning, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name.